Hey everybody and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here along with Jane Daniel joining me again on the podcast. We are in a relatively busy office here at Robinhood Integrative Health and so you may hear some noise in the background. Sorry about that. Anyway, we are excited to come to you today with a really important topic that doesn't get enough focus, I would say. And that is that we can optimize our nutrition, we can lose weight, we can achieve all kinds of body change, of increased energy, and all kinds of positive things in our bodies without counting calories. Doesn't that sound too good to be true? (laughs) It's not. It's not. And Jane is here with me today, and we're going to just talk about some of the misconceptions that people have when it comes to weight loss by overly focusing on calories and under focus on calories because the truth is they do matter but they are not the end all be all to body change this whole idea of counting calories calories in calories out and that's everything that matters is not it and so we're going to talk about how that why what actually does matter and why that isn't your ideal way to focus on everything. So welcome, Jane. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. I am glad that you're here. People love when Jane joins me, (laughs) and I love it too. So let's talk about calories first. And um, let's talk about when we eat the right foods, but we're consuming too many calories. Why does that matter? Okay, so when we did, <laughs> repeat the question, Emily. Um, when when we focus so much, when we actually don't focus on calories at all, mm-hmm. and we just say, "Oh, I'm eating the right foods. I'm eating whole foods. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know, why does it? Why does why is that not ideal either? To just completely dismiss the importance of calories. Sorry, I didn't phrase yeah. my question very yeah, well. Yeah, no, I. You know what? I see that in a lot of people who are in my category that are people that live to eat. Mm-hmm. So I'm eating a meal and I'm wondering what my next meal is going to be. Mm-hmm. Emily, I would say you're more the opposite. You <laughs> you live you eat to live. You I know? guess I don't know. I love food too. Well, and I just, you do. You do. And I I've, indulge I've had, in little like yeah. I don't yeah. I don't eat often, but when I do eat, I eat a Quantity. fair bit. Yes, yes. and I, I eat that. super duper clean, good chunk of the time, and then I indulge a fair bit, yes. a chunk of the time too. Exactly. So and so, I see I see this a lot in people that are in my category that do the ketogenic diet, for mm. example. So they are eating um, tons of fat, and they're. Loving all the macadamia nuts in the world and the pecans Mm -hmm. and the almond butter and all those really delicious fatty foods, but they wonder why they haven't lost weight. Well, that's when calories do count Mm -hmm. and you can... Um, you can overdo it, and, and it will cause weight loss to not happen. Right, and I think it's one of those things, too, where we're like, oh, well, this is low carb, or we mm-hmm. read all the promises on the front of the label, and it's mm-hmm. like, and I think we get in this mindset sometimes, too, of, oh, this must be better, mm-hmm. and therefore I can have more, right? Yes. And so it's kind of like we, we, we turn off the switch of, for example, if we're going to have the sugar-free ice cream, well, it's fine for me to have three scoops because there's no. This is low carb, but it still matters. Exactly. So yes. 
Anyway, but then let's talk about the opposite end of the spectrum, which arguably happens more often, especially with women, where maybe like they're they're restricting their calories or their food intake so much that they're hindering their results because they're not eating enough calories. What's mm-hmm. happening in the body then? Yeah, I mean, I see that so much in in my age group, um, the perimenopausal, menopausal women, especially. Um, they want to eat less and they want to exercise more and they're finding that it's and what's happening is they're putting their body in a state of stress so um, the body thinks it's got to hold on to to all the fat Mm -hmm. because um, it's basically being starved so that's when increasing calories and finding uh, nutrient-dense foods is really important right and let's talk about a little bit what's happening in the body when that happens so when we are, that's a type of stress. We're going to talk about this in a little bit, a little bit more detail. But when we're not eating enough, we're significantly stressing our bodies. And I don't think we often think of it that way. And so we're going to talk about the impact of that here in a minute. Um, but what we want to talk about today is really ways that you can optimize your nutrition, that you can still lose weight, you can still get results without counting calories and that being your primary focus. So I'm just going to tell you 100%. I've never in my life counted calories. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's not true. Back when I was like had significant disordered eating, I'm certain I did. I, I don't really remember that, but I know I did. But in my like, you know, living a healthy lifestyle where optimizing the right thing, I've never counted calories. I'm so grateful for that because I don't want to live by mm-hmm. those standards. I'm just going to be honest. I do not like going to a restaurant and reading how many calories are in my food. <laughs> I'd rather them not do that. Mm-hmm. I understand why they do it, and I it probably does help people make better choices sometimes, but it just kind of, I don't know. I don't like mm-hmm. it. Anyway, that's a whole other side note. But let's talk about how we can optimize the calories that we are eating to make sure that we're using them appropriately and our bodies can best use them for fuel and energy, which helps us to burn off the fat and or not gain it. Um, So the first thing is, when is it ideal for us to eat most of our carbohydrates? I think um, from the studies that I've read, a really great time to, to eat your, start your carbs. So those are things like um, root vegetables, so potatoes, mm-hmm. um, you know, even beans. Um, what else would you say? What else? Um, just plantains. Yes, any kind of like starchy that. things. Or if you are going to say, okay, today I'm going to eat the cheeseburger, even mm-hmm. that. Right. You know, when you're going to eat the bun, mm-hmm. then ideally it would be eaten when. So earlier in the day is in my what I have read the best time to to your body can handle the carbs or are we're the most insulin sensitive which means our cells will take the insulin um, and sugar glucose that comes from the starchy carbs cause insulin to rise and so that is the the most the most beneficial and then earlier in the day so um, if you can eat the majority of your carbs earlier in the day, for most people, uh, that tends to be the best. Now, there's always exceptions to the rule, um, but but that tends to be when you're the most insulin sensitive. And arguably, that would just go for calories in general, too, right? So even, um, for example, for me, you know, I generally fast at breakfast, which that's not great for some people mm-hmm. um, because of cortisol and blood sugar. Everybody's a little bit different in that. But I would say on most days, I eat the majority of my calories at lunchtime. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, 
I mean, I still eat a fairly a fair sized dinner, but I do eat my carbs mm-hmm. that I'm going to have for the day and the majority of my fat and even protein probably at that meal. Mm-hmm. And it does lots of different things. You know, it does help to balance all those hormones. It helps to keep you fueled and focused. It helps with lots of different things. And I think that a lot of times what people do is the opposite of that, where we skimp on eating all day long because we think we're being really, quote, good. Mm -hmm. And then by the end of the evening, we're starving, but more so probably even craving, this age group we're talking about. Tons of cravings. And then we have what, what you and I call the continuous meal, where we get home from whatever the day's activities are. It's 6 o'clock, and we eat dinner, and then we go to the pantry, and then we put our kids to get bed, then we go back to the pantry, (laughs) then we go watch TV, then we go back to the pantry before we go to bed, and we've consumed, number one, a ton more calories than we planned on, but then also at the wrong time of day and the Mm -hmm. wrong ones and all that. And so when we skimp earlier in the day with, you know, the all of the food groups, and all of, you know, with carbohydrates, fat, protein, veggies, all the things, we end up craving and being starving at night. And then, we you know, we either start over on Monday or we try, try quote, try harder the next day. Mm-hmm. And that does not usually lead to success. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, balancing everything earlier in the day matters for what's happening in your body, which then which then affects what happens in your brain that makes you have all those cravings and hunger later on. So our bodies are so complicated, but sometimes when we break this down and actually think about how they're working, it's really simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're interesting. And like Emily said, everyone is different. There are some people that prefer to skip breakfast and they do great later in the day, but the majority of the people, there there are studies that show if you eat the majority of your calories before 2 p.m., and that's not all of your calories before 2 p.m., but if you have your biggest meal at lunch, mm-hmm. then you could... you would have would lose 25% more weight than those that were eating the exact same amount of calories um, and they had their feeding with windows shifted later in the day. Mm-hmm. So I see so many people that um, are starving either at 4 p.m. and that tends to be my time where I'm looking in the pantry if I'm more bored than anything. Mm-hmm. And then people after dinner. So they have had dinner and then they sit on the sofa and they, like you said, Emily, they just want to continuously feed mm-hmm. um, for the rest of the evening. So right. having that, the, thinking about having the majority of your calories earlier in the day, um, try it out if you haven't done that and see how you how that affects your late night eating. Mm-hmm. And also it matters, again, what those calories are comprised of. So we're not talking about, you know, dry chicken and broccoli and limiting those calories as much as you can. Because if you do that for about two weeks, you are going to be in the pantry, just saying. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's talk about food order. So oftentimes what we do as a culture is we go out to eat and the bread basket and the chips or whatever – are served first, or even, maybe it's not even that, you order an appetizer, Mm -hmm. and almost always those are comprised of carbs and fat together. Exactly. And what that often does is makes us hungrier and have more cravings for more things because all those foods tend to be quite addictive. So we're just kind of setting ourselves up for this feed that never ends. But on top of that, there is some research around food order Mm -hmm. that what the, the... order of the macronutrients that we eat matters. So talk about that. 
So I, um, you know, how many of you guys, and I'm, I'm raising my hand here, have been to a Mexican restaurant and have eaten a bag of chips and salsa, mm -hmm. and it just, you keep going, mm -hmm. or bread and butter. Um, there are studies that show that your insulin response, you have a higher insulin response after eating if you eat those higher carb and higher fat foods first. Mm -hmm. Um, how many of you guys have kids who go for the fries first and the Chick-fil-A um, kids meal and then they don't, they're not hungry for their mm -hmm. nuggets and then 30 minutes later they're hungry. Oh my gosh, um, my so kids are hungry all the time no matter what anymore. <laughs> so if you can start with either the protein ideally first mm -hmm. and then fat and veggies and then save the, the starchier carbs at the end of the meal, um, you're going to have a better insulin response. And the goal is if you can keep your blood sugar regulated throughout the day to where you're not having a roller coaster ride of highs and lows, then number one, you're not going to crave the sugar and the and the quick carbs. Um, and you're, it's just going to be easier. So I like to say um, my hope and goal for clients and, and what I'm so, like you were saying, not having to count calories mm -hmm is for a Monday and a Saturday to look the same. Right. So I'm not living for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And it's by doing these simple little things like eating my protein first. So now I'll go to the Mexican restaurant and I just hunker down with my own bowl of guacamole mm. and I eat that. Just you eat know? it with a yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. That, and it, it and it matters and and arguably like you know cal guacamole is a calorie dense it's food. It's very calorie dense, and you probably can't eat as much of it as you can chips. But exactly. even if you do, again because of this food order, it's not going to negatively affect your body as much. Right. Um, so another thing we do nutritionally, and then we're going to talk about some lifestyle things here in a moment, is we generally want to reach for the low calorie white processed foods and or anything that promises to be low calorie um, first. And what the problem with that is, it leads to these two things that we just talked about. So it usually end up eating way more calories later in the day. Your timing is then off because we're eating, because we've filled up, quote filled up, but we're not ever full on these low calorie snacky foods earlier in the day that's when we end up going to the pantry at night we're not able to follow this food order and we set ourselves up for this cycle of not understanding why am i constantly hungry why am i constantly craving why you know why can't i not control myself in the evening too much of that is that either we're focusing on calories so much that we're avoiding more nutrient-rich foods that are actually going to satisfy us or we're filling or we're we're ingesting so much of these white processed low-calorie foods that we just are I mean everything just goes haywire mm -hmm. and then again we're craving and hungry so much mm -hmm. that we can't control it so that's one of the other problems when we focus so much on calories is where we get blindsided by, oh, well, this, you know, protein has so many calories in it, or this avocado has more calories in it, so instead I'm going to choose the vegetarian option or whatever. Mm -hmm. It can look any number of ways. And we just set ourselves up for misery. Mm -hmm. So don't do that. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Don't do that. Allow yourself the good, healthy fats, the good, healthy proteins. And on the other hand, be mindful that when you're eating nut butters and nuts and avocado and this and that and the other, it does add up. So it we does. need to be mindful. Yes. But don't eliminate those foods based on calories either. Mm-hmm. So we just don't want to get into that cycle. Um, and so there are there are things that affect our nutrition, our hunger, our cravings, our energy significantly that are not food related. And we're going to talk about those, the two big ones next. And the first one is sleep. And I don't know, excuse me, very many women that feel that they get either adequate sleep or good sleep. And I would say that I finally get to be in the camp of enough and good sleep. Um, So here's what I used to make myself get up at like 5 a.m. every day to exercise. I don't do that anymore. I was never getting good adequate sleep and I was always exhausted and or my brain not working correctly. And it affected me in lots of different ways. So I still get up early, earlier than the rest of my family. Um, but that I, I have to go to bed earlier, number one. And number two, it's not 5 a.m. It's more like 6.30, which is an hour and a half is a long time when you add mm-hmm. that every day, right? So talk about why sleep matters. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I think having, number one, a consistent bedtime and wake time is important. And if you can get to the point where you don't need an alarm to wake up, then you know that you've had adequate sleep. So there's a reason why we have not been evolved as humans to no longer need sleep because the body is doing so much while we're sleeping. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I, from what my understanding is, the hours of 10 to 2 is when um, our body really is kind of repairing, cleaning uh, the livers, detoxing from the day before. And during that time, and if you can stick with a consistent bedtime and wait time, you're getting the the different stages of sleep. So you're getting your deep sleep and your REM sleep and your light REM sleep. And during that time, um, your sex hormones have a chance to uh, be optimized and your hunger hormones reset. So ghrelin and leptin are are, um, our hunger hormones or some of our hunger hormones. And if you've ever noticed like a bad night of sleep or you've traveled across the country and you're like starving the next day, and I've experienced this. Oh my goodness, yes. There's a reason why, and that's because your hunger hormones have not had a chance to reset, so you're just... I have a story about that. So we left, um, we flew out, we go out to a conference in Vegas every year, and every single time, this is so bizarre, we get there, and it's not even... a crazy time sleep it's just things are so three hours Mm -hmm. is a big difference and there's this like boba tea place in the place where we always stay by the venetian and i like i literally i have to have it and i'm not like a sweet afternoon person but i cannot not have the sweet boba whatever that even is that you're eating Mm -hmm. i mean that's so funny because that that totally happens to me yes even though we try really hard not to like take red eyes because that just messes you up forever Mm -hmm. even just that little bit of a shift Mm -hmm. oh my gosh i'm always starving for sure Mm -hmm. yeah and you think about on the weekends there's such a thing as social jet lag Mm -hmm. so you're going to bed later and you're sleeping later and then the next you know sunday night it's back to quote unquote reality and and your body's just all out of whack so doing these I, I we things. always a wig and I both sometimes struggle to go to sleep on Sunday nights mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know maybe that's it yeah social jet lag that's yeah. it yeah 
So it matters a lot because when we're not getting adequate sleep or our schedule is significantly different all the time, then all of these things, all our bodies are confused. Mm-hmm. And, and either they don't have enough time to replenish and to, you know, do all the important things that happen while we're sleeping or when we're all over the place with our schedules, then the same thing can happen. Right. So, um, so sleep significantly impacts our hunger, our hunger hormones, all of our other hormones. Right. So have you ever noticed how cranky you are after you haven't slept enough for a few days? That it all matters, right? So sleep has no calories, but it matters a lot. Yes. The other one, and I think we kind of are aware of this, but maybe not why, is stress. So stress can lead to extra stress eating, and there's a reason for that. But we also don't we, – we, we generally think of stressors as things like, um, you know, some major life event happens, right? Or we're going through difficult circumstances mm-hmm. or work is crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. And sure, those are stressors. But we often ignore all of the other stressors in our lives that can even be really good things. So um, – definitely not getting enough sleep. So if you have a new baby, that's a really great thing. Mm -hmm. But you have extra stress and you're not sleeping, and those things matter a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, If you um, exercise too much or you eat too little, right? If If you're one of these calorie counters and you're cutting it off at 1,200 calories a day, then that's stress on the body. When you're stressed, you're not going to lose weight. When you're not sleeping... Same thing. When you're over-exercising, so you're focusing so much on calories in, calories out, there's so much exercise happening to burn off, quote, <laughs> all of the weekend or whatever you want to call it. And then and then we just want to beat our heads against the wall because the, the formula doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Well, our bodies are overstressed. Mm-hmm. And tell us what's happening in our bodies when that happens. Yeah, so our um, stress hormone, one of the big ones, cortisol, rises when our body senses stress. So I I see, um, you know, women that are like, Jane, I I do one meal a day and I can't lose weight. And, you know, for them, and again, everyone is different. So I think one meal a day is fantastic for some people, but it's not for everyone. Um, And they're fasting too much or, like Emily said, they're over-exercising and things. So what happens is um, your stress hormone cortisol kicks in and cortisol and sugar are the two things that cause your insulin to rise. So um, you can imagine for some people the irony of having one meal a day, it could be the same as eating a Snickers bar throughout the day. Mm -hmm. That's what your blood sugar is doing. So um, thinking about that is Mm -hmm. it's amazing And, and it makes sense. So back in the day when we were trying to be chased by a tiger, um, or we weren't trying to be chased by a tiger, but if we were being chased by a tiger, our cortisol, adrenaline, all of our stress hormones rise, and we need that quick um, sugar. So the glucose is condensed, um, the insulin rises, and we're, you know, it allows us to sprint. But mm-hmm. now we're just in a state of chronic stress, in a state of that elevated um, mm-hmm. insulin causing insulin resistance. And, and sure, we can't, we can't, can't prevent stress are happening in life. So when these circumstances happen and that kind of thing, we need to be able to have 
a way to handle our stress and to deal with it, whatever helps you to lower your stress. Um, that Those are important things to have, but we can't fully control all of this. But it is good to understand that, you know, even the good things that happen, even, you know, the, even the um, exciting things that happen and even the positive things that happen at work, like so many of those things are still stressors as is exercise and that's kind of like what this whole thing is there's a thing called the goldilocks effect right mm-hmm. so that's too too you want to find that just right right so not too whole you guys remember goldilocks not too cold not too hot but for us it's not too much not too little of yes calories yes macronutrients yes exercise like all of those things need to need to be in balance and too often we neglect one or more of those and then we forget that they actually make a really big impact when they do need to be considered. We do need to make sure that we're paying attention to all these things. And so, you know, it's not all about the calories. And I think we, you know, we want to know that in our brains, but I don't think that as women we fully own it. Mm-hmm. When we get desperate, we go back to the old things. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for too many women, it's, well, none of this other stuff worked. So I'm going to go back to counting calories when, in fact, you're probably going to be causing yourself more stress and more of these backward cycles mm-hmm. that we've been talking about today. I mean, and that, and I think I, I might have mentioned this before, but the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and mm-hmm. expecting a different response. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if the one meal a day isn't working for you and you, you're not seeing the weight loss, then maybe you need to switch it up. Right. If, you know, and like we talked about, if eating the majority of your, having breakfast and having a big lunch, if that causes you to eat more later in the day, then you may need to shift that, but mm-hmm. it's just constantly not feeling like you have to do the same thing and, and reducing, reducing, reducing right. more. Yes. Um, that's, that's the thing that gets mm-hmm. us in trouble. And I think, you know, as women in particular, there can be a lot of fear around trying something different. Mm-hmm. But again, if we are willing to look at it for what it is and realize we are living the definition of insanity mm-hmm. and there can be freedom on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. It's so worth it to experiment. Like what do you have to lose? Yeah. You know, what, what is, you're not going to, from two weeks of trying something different, you're not going to gain 40 pounds. Like that's not going to happen. Right. So, you know, you can, our, it's, it's like a constant experiment. And as we go through different stages and phases of life and seasons, you know, as our hormones change, our families change, or the demands of our lives change, we do have to continue to keep re-evaluating and mm-hmm. switching things up. And, and it can be scary, but it's really worth it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us today. If you have any questions about nutrition or um, health or anything that Jane and I can address in the future, shoot us a message and we would love to hear from you. Thank you so much and have a great day.